G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. If you're doing God's work, you'll be roundly criticized. But if you focus on your critics, you will not be doing what God has called you to do. If your eyes are on the opposition, then they're not on the Lord. Our hearts are easily influenced. That's why it's so important to choose who we listen to. Pastor Greg Laurie says, choose well. Don't let the loudest voices be your critics. Let the loudest voice in your life be God speaking to you. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. When you're listening to the radio, you hear one station at a time. There might be dozens and dozens all up and down the dial, but your tuner helps you to hear just one. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out, there are voices of opposition calling to us as we walk with the Lord. We need an internal spiritual tuner that helps us to hear just the voice of God. We'll look to the example of Nehemiah and his wall builders today in learning how we can ignore the hecklers, our detractors. a monk that joined a monastery and he took a vow of silence. He was allowed two words every year. So the first year passed and he went into the abbot's office and was allowed two words. The abbot said, what would you like to say? And the monk turned to him and said, bed's hard. Another year passes by, he said nothing to anyone. And then He's allowed his two words. He goes and appears before the abbot again. And the abbot says, all right, what are your two words? And the man says, food's cold. Another year passes by. He appears again before the abbot. And the abbot says, okay, you're allowed your two words. What are they? And the man says, I quit. <laughs> and the abbot said, well, it's no wonder. All you've done since you've gotten here is complain. <laughs> that is true of some people. All they want to do is complain. They want to be critical. I think some people think it's some kind of a spiritual gift to be critical of others. Hint, it isn't. You know, and it's always easy to critique what someone else is doing. But my question to a person like this would be, what are you doing for heaven's sake? I mean, instead of tearing someone else down, what are you doing? Well, we're in the book of Nehemiah. We're looking at this book of rebuilding a wall. Nehemiah was called by God to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And when you get down to it, everyone is either building the wall or in a way we're tearing down the wall. So I closed with a series of questions last time. Are you a participator or are you a spectator? Are you a servant or are you a slacker? Are you a worker or are you a shirker? (laughs) Let me put it another way. Are you a wall builder or are you a wall breaker? 
Are you a faith builder or are you a faith breaker? See, it really comes down to one of the two. Some are doing the work of God. Others are standing on the sidelines and critiquing those that are doing the work of God. Let's kind of consider how Nehemiah got to where he was. He was the king's cupbearer. As you remember, that meant that he would taste the food before the king would eat it. He would drink whatever the king would drink. And, and this put him in close proximity to the king. So he was not only in a place of influence, he also was in a place of affluence. And he had a significant role there and he was living literally in the lap of luxury. But he was a Jewish man. And the Jews had been allowed to return uh, from Babylon to their homeland again, and many had, and they'd rebuilt the temple. But word came to Nehemiah that the walls were lying in rubble. They were charred, they were burned out. And Nehemiah was led by the Lord to go rebuild the walls again. You know, in a way, we're all building something. Some of us are building a marriage, but sometimes marriages break. Sometimes families break. Sometimes things that are built need to be rebuilt again. So we're building. We're trying to do what God wants us to do. We want strong marriages. We want strong families. We want a strong church. We want a strong spiritual life. But I have to warn you, the moment you start building is the moment you will also start battling. What does that mean? That means that Satan opposes what God loves. If God loves it, Satan hates it. Satan disapproves of what God approves. And so we need to press on because God is in the rebuilding business but Satan is in the tearing down business. And if you are doing the work of God you will face opposition. In fact, if you don't face opposition you might ask yourself the question, am I really doing the work of God? A story is told of the great evangelist John Wesley who was riding his horse. He would go from town to town and preach the gospel. So he's riding along and it suddenly occurs to him that it has been three whole days since he has been persecuted in any way. And he began to wonder if something was wrong with him spiritually. So he stopped his horse, he climbed off, he dropped down to his knees and said, Lord, have I backslidden? Have I done something to offend you that I've not been persecuted? Well, there's some guy standing nearby, recognizes the preacher, has a particular disdain for Wesley. So this guy picks up a brick and throws it at the preacher. It barely misses Wesley's head and Wesley's all excited and says, thank you, Lord. I know I still have your presence. Okay, I love that story. I don't think we should all be praying that people will throw bricks at us. But I want you to know this. If you're doing God's work, the bricks are going to start flying. So let's see what happened now in Nehemiah chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 1 to 3. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Sanballat was very angry when he learned we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by offering just a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, well, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked over the top of it. We'll stop there. 
Here's point number one. I already said it in a way, but let me say it more officially. When you build, you will have to battle. When you build, you will have to battle. Two names keep popping up in our narrative, Sanballat and Tobiah. These are the initial opponents of Nehemiah and God's people. They've gone from minor irritation to a full-blown rage. My friend James Merritt says there's two kinds of people in this world. Some people are born again and some people are born against. <laughs> you know, some people are just contrary people. Uh, you know who they are immediately. They have that look on their face. Nothing pleases them. Nothing meets their standards. And, and they actually like to go and make trouble in the lives of other people. Proverbs 4.16 says of these folks, evil people are restless unless they're making trouble. They can't even get a good night's sleep unless they've made life miserable for somebody. Wow. Some of you are married to these people, aren't you? Some of you work with these people. Many of us go to church with these people. And worst of all, some of you are these people. If you're one of these people, raise your hand. No, don't. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I doubt if one of these people that is hypercritical would even know that about themselves. These are the trash talkers and they're the wall breakers. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie and he's helping us to be prepared for the opposition we might face as we do our work for the Lord. It's a message called Dealing with Criticism. Let's continue. Now how do you deal with criticism? Well, first of all, I always try to listen to it. I always feel I can learn uh, sometimes from my critics if they have my best interests in mind. It's, I think one of the first things you want to identify when someone is critiquing you is, is they, are they trying to help me or hurt me? See, I have a group of people that I know and trust that I will talk to, starting with critic numero uno, Catherine Laurie, my wife. <laughs> oh, trust me, I always know what she thinks, right? And I'll ask her, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I have a wider group of friends and I'll run things by them, ideas by them, plans, visions, whatever. What do you think of this? And they will give me their honest opinion and I value their honest opinion and I listen to what they have to say. So that, that's one group of people. But then there are people that they don't want to help you. They just want to tear you down. You know, these are the people that hide behind a pseudonym online and uh, don't even have the courage to say to your face what they say behind your back or even say online. I don't have a lot of respect for people like that. Or I love people that write anonymous letters. I'm gonna just tell you something. If you write me an anonymous letter, it's gonna go in this circular file. That's known as a trash can. Because <laughs> if you don't have the courage to come up and talk to me, why would I wanna read your anonymous letter and you assign it concerned? Why don't you just sign it cowardly? <laughs> because here's what I find about people. They'll, they'll make a whole case over something that they dreamed up in their brain. Maybe has a little truth in it. And if they would have just talked to you, you could have said, actually, that's incorrect what you just said. And this is not happening. And the other thing is not happening. Oh, and it blows their whole narrative. So they love their little fictional narrative that they want to create and attack you. And that's just the kind of world we're living in right now. My friend Alan Redpath, a great British preacher who's gone on to heaven. But I remember he used to say to us, 
Uh, if you want to be a preacher or a leader, you need the mind of a scholar, the heart of a child, and the height of a rhinoceros. <laughs> and there's some truth to that. But uh, this criticism was not from God at all. It was meant to destroy them. I came across an interesting quote from David Brinkley. Some of you may remember him from days gone by. He was a journalist on television. He made this statement, quote, a successful man is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks that have been thrown at him. I like that. He lays a firm foundation with the bricks that have been thrown at him. Take away truth. Don't let the loudest voices in your life be your critics. Let the loudest voice in your life be God speaking to you. You say, well, Greg, I don't, I don't like criticism. I don't want to hear criticism. Okay, there's a way to live a criticism-free life. There is a way where no one will ever critique you at all. You ready for it? You might want to write this down if you want to never be criticized at all. Say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. There it is. So if you're getting, some of you are going, sounds good to me, okay. <laughs> Go for it. Doesn't sound good to me. You're gonna say anything. If you're gonna do anything, you will be critiqued for sure. So let's see how they handled it. Nehemiah prayed about the criticism and he persisted in the rebuilding of the wall. What I love about Nehemiah is he never stopped building the wall, ever. Not even a coffee break. He just kept building and building. Look at Nehemiah 4, verse four. Then I prayed, hear us, O our God. We're being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Don't blot out their sins for they have provoked you to anger in front of the builders. And at last the wall was completed to half its height around the city for the people had worked with enthusiasm. So what do you do when you're critiqued? What do you do when you're attacked? You take it to the Lord in prayer. When the Israelites were griping and complaining about Moses, what did he do? He called on the Lord and he prayed about it. When there was a threatening letter sent to King Hezekiah, what did he do? He laid it out on the ground and brought it before the Lord. John the Baptist was beheaded. What did his disciples do? They went and told Jesus. So when trouble comes your way, call out to God. Because 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. They say, Lord, I can't handle this. This is too much for me to carry. I just place it in your hands. There's two things you can always pass on to Jesus. Are you ready for this? Two things you can always pass on to Jesus. Criticism, listen, and praise. Criticism and praise. Because one can deflate you, criticism. The other can inflate you, praise. And both are not helpful for you spiritually. So someone attacks you, Lord, I don't know what to do about that. I just present that to you. Someone praises you, Lord, you know I'm not that person. I give that to you because I want to continue to be used by you. If we give the Lord credit for anything good, we can also give to him the control over the bad. But if you focus on your critics, you will not be doing what God has called you to do. If your eyes are on the opposition, then they're not on the Lord. Nehemiah could see that people were starting to be demoralized. 
And he says to them in Nehemiah 4.14, I looked over the situation. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said, don't be afraid of the enemy. Now underline this phrase. Remember the Lord. Underline that. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, daughters, wives, and your homes. See, he knew they needed to be encouraged. And so he says, guys, remember the Lord. You know, remember has been a word that's used throughout history as sort of a battle cry. Uh, when young men and women are taken into the Israeli army, uh, they go to Masada, which was originally built by King Herod as a sort of winter getaway. And uh, it was also a place where over a thousand Jews were killed by the Romans 2,000 years ago. And so it's something they use to inspire Israelis uh, as they're defending their country. And they take them up to Masada and they say, remember Masada. During the Mexican-American War, the battle cry was, remember the Alamo. During World War II, the battle cry was, remember Pearl Harbor. And we as believers need to remember the Lord. Remember, God's in control. What does it mean when we say remember the Lord? It means God has been faithful in your past and He will be faithful in your present and He'll be faithful also in your future. So remember Him. Pastor Greg Laurie with good reminders to take it to the Lord when we're criticized and to remember Him for all the times that He's brought us through. Well, next time on A New Beginning, more encouraging counsel from Pastor Greg about facing opposition as we do our work for Jesus and the Kingdom of God. Some more from the inspiring book of Nehemiah coming your way, same time, tomorrow. If you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Dealing with Criticism. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 